This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. We got a guest. Yeah, I'm RGT. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't sure if we told you to say it right after that. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, but our guest today is RGT85, also known oh. as Sean Long. Sean, Sean like, use your last name. Is that fine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also known as Sean. We'll just go with Sean. No, mm-hmm. no last name. No alias. Um, <laughs> Want to tell everybody about your channel real quick? Um, I make mediocre video gaming content, and that's, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> um, I've been watching you for quite a while, though. Not to sound like a creep or anything. Uh, I've been I watching you. Um, I, I remember when you used to do a lot of your retro uh, like Saturn videos, and I was like, man, I, I wish I had a Saturn right now. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the Saturn. It's a good system. But, uh, yeah, so... It's really cool to uh, reach out to you and have you come on the show. So we appreciate that, and uh, no definitely go subscribe. Mm-hmm. Go subscribe to him if you haven't already. Um, today, not sure why you're watching this video if you're not already subscribed, but <laughs> <laughs> something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see here. I've got to pull up. I'm going to pull up the uh, out- outline. I forgot to do that before we pulled this up. So just give me one second. I usually have it up on the screen so everybody can see it. I shouldn't give away that secret, though, because then everybody thinks we're just talking off the cuff, right? <laughs> yeah, now you have no excuse not to read the script, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. It's up now. Will, you refrain from making a joke. I'm shocked. All right, let's Trying to be good. Yeah, I know. You're, you're, you're on your best behavior today. Mm-hmm. All right. So today is all about the new PS5 controller. Um, and if anybody hasn't I seen it I hope they yet, call it the Oreo. I would buy it if they called it the Oreo. <laughs> That's the nickname I unofficially gave it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only reason it's got the Oreo is because it's got the two black buttons on top there. Otherwise, it would just be like half an Oreo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're really kind of discussing that today. But the quick topics ahead of that are um, a- Animal Crossing hit 2.6 million sales in 10 days in Japan. That's that's insanity. Mm-hmm. I, well, it's a perfect... It's a perfect game for what's going on in the world yeah. today. So that's true. You know, true. escapism. I haven't bought it yet. I, I refuse to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my brother in law had me order it for him for uh, from GameStop. So I had to send him to him in the mail. So that's the only thing I, I've technically purchased it, but I don't own it. <laughs> um, I, I can't believe that two point six million sales in just Japan, though. I, I would love to see the numbers in the United States. Well, the yeah, thing about cause... animal, oh, you go. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, the thing about Animal Crossing is, if you look at it statistically, it always sells really well. Like, it sold over 15, 16 million copies on the 3DS. Like, you know, it's, it's it's a very popular series, but it's very, it always sort of flies under the radar. And I think some of that is because of the fact that, you know, um, the Wii U didn't, really have an animal crossing they had that um amiibo, amiibo festival <laughs> atrocity yeah, um, so you know it's, people sort of forgot you know because it had been so long since the new animal crossing game came out like i i wasn't i it's probably hit i would say it's it's well over six mil worldwide at least by now like i wouldn't be surprised if nintendo comes out in a week or two and it's like hey we sold 10 mil worldwide on this like that's that how big that wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me at all <laughs> yeah like it's, it's such a it's such a big franchise but yeah I, I i'm not gonna pick it up i don't know like i loved animal crossing back in the day i loved it on the gamecube i loved it on mm-hmm. the ds but i just feel like they haven't really like done a whole lot to sort of add in new things and i know there's you know the nook miles and stuff like that and it it's just i don't know like i'm just i'm you just can hop over the water now <laughs> yeah 
I just I, I feel like I feel like it's still a great game. It's just I've sort of moved on from that franchise, so I'm not you know I don't really have to rush out and get it. I still can't believe they have like a full blown you know set of emulators in the one on the GameCube. Do you remember? Oh yeah, that was awesome. You like sideload games into the memory card, and it was that, yep. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like the first exploit of a, like a major console title for GameCube, I believe, if, oh, I'm, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. No, um, you're right. I was that's just so weird to think that people were sideloading games into Animal Crossing to play them on the GameCube. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it worked because you could play it. You know, back then there wasn't um, all the all the uh, the retro clone consoles that were knockoffs. They were all none of them. You know, you could do you know, things with, like, progressive scan and stuff like that, and you could do progressive scan with Animal Crossing so you could have better resolutions. That's true, yeah, I didn't think about that, Mm -hmm. uh, because Animal Crossing would have came out before the Game Boy Player, right? Right. So, yeah, you wouldn't have had any of it yet. That's, that's, yeah. (laughs) We'll have to talk about that on a different episode. That'd be a fun fun topic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, The second mini-topic we got here is the Halo 2 Anniversary PC is currently in uh, beta testing. All new customizations in... All new customization is being added to the PC version, along with theater mode, which I don't think there was theater mode launched on the Xbox no, One. They were going to put it in originally, but they, they moved it to three. And then the Halo 2 Anniversary PC beta testing is going to roll out in three tier, like a three tiered rollout, where they've got like the first ring is like the people they keep close to the development team, and then they expand to a bigger ring and a bigger ring as they keep going forward. So that'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see gameplay on like Twitch, YouTube, live streaming. Um, I'm very excited for this one because uh, Halo 2 Anniversary. I'm super is pumped beautiful. about this. I was playing uh, Halo C the other day on my laptop with my Xbox controller hooked up to my phone hotspot. I was like, what a world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> You're, so I'm, you, I'm very excited. For are you into the Halo franchise at all? I loved Halo 2 for the super bounces. I would always super oh, yeah. bounce and <laughs> get out of the map and kill everyone because I was yep. a horrible person. But that's how I like See, I didn't. I actually didn't play it on um, Xbox Live. I had a modded Xbox, so I would play it on what was it, X Link Kai? I think it was called. Yeah, was you're like right. Free. It was like a free thing to play it on, and you could go on there with hacked systems. So I love. I absolutely love Taylor too. Um, my computer. I'm I'm very bad at technology, and I actually <laughs> just bought like an actual adult computer very recently. <laughs> um, as in, like it came in like two days ago, um, because my all-in-one desktop that I've been using since 2015 finally just bit the dust. <laughs> And I, I don't I don't know anything about PC gaming. The last time I logged into Steam was in 2016 to download <laughs> Nights into Dreams and play it on the all-in-one desktop. But I actually just today, I just just for the hell of it, I downloaded the Doom 2016 demo. I cranked mm-hmm. up all the settings to maximum graphic settings, and it ran so smooth. So I might actually check it out. You know, especially considering <laughs> that you can use like an Xbox One controller with your PC. Mm-hmm. Like I, I might actually start to dabble in PC gaming a bit more because it's 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 unknown territory for me. Basically, if you wanted to know, here's my preferred option for PC gaming. It's a uh, wired Xbox 360 controller. That's not bad. Yeah, you know, I used to use that way back in the day to play N64 emulators like um, and play WWF No Mercy because you could do, like, the texture hacks yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> mm-hmm. and, like, make it, like, have modern stuff. So I used to use a 360 controller for that. Well, I just like the fact that it's actually wired and wired nicely. Yeah. I, I hate using, like, the micro USB cables into an Xbox One controller because it just feels so flimsy to me. That's true. Yeah. So on to, like, the main topic here. We got the PlayStation 5 controller up on the screen. 
And uh, if anybody's watching with the sound off, they're probably wondering what we've been saying about this controller for the last you know five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, PS5 controller, they released this one image essentially. The, well, two images, like one one kind of laying on a table and one up on the you know, up on its legs there. And uh, it's gotten a lot of um, interesting mods done by artists all over the web and mm-hmm. people complaining or praising this controller. I just find it such an odd design to launch like as a news article for the PS5. Like, here's what we got from Sony, right? It's just such a strange, like a strange concept art for the controller for color schemes. I don't know. I know RGT had some stuff before we got into this, so. Yeah, I mean, really, the thing of it is is that controllers are usually indicative of the color scheme of the console itself. So is it going to be a two-toned system? Like, I don't know. It seems weird to kind of show the controller before you show off the system. Like, It does seem very strange. Sony's just been very strange with the the PlayStation 5 in general, you know, Mm -hmm. going back to the the Mark Cerny (laughs) 52-minute presentation. that I literally fell asleep watching like mm-hmm. it was just like what are you what are you doing here like you could sit there and talk about stuff and you know to a lesser extent I, I think one of the things is uh, Xbox Series X has been getting a lot more public praise but when you actually look at it they really haven't done all that much they showed you Hellblade 2 a, a tech demo of Hellblade 2 that yes maybe the cutscenes will look that good in game cutscenes but more than likely the gameplay when you're Actually playing the game isn't going to be that high graphical fidelity and they showed you what the system looked like and so in the grand scheme of things that's really not all that much but they've just been so much more vocal and more in your face about it than Sony mm-hmm. has been with the PlayStation 5 like people just want to see the system and you know I think the controller could be fine you know I, I'm not a huge fan of the DualShock 4 controller it's actually out of that the Switch Pro controller and the Xbox One controller is probably my least favorite controller because of the battery life on it but they mm-hmm. did say they were going to you know put time and effort into the battery life on it the the sticks or the um you know the grips on it are longer than the dualshock 4 so i'm just taking a wait and see approach with it you know i, I don't care if a controller yeah. is puke green or something <laughs> like that like as long as it feels good in my hands like i'm happy i i mean i have to imagine there'll be variants different colors i mean people have done so many different color schemes here like this black one looks beautiful but uh that's just my opinion i think white and black is like not not the way to go with a color scheme but you know Everybody's got their own taste, and Sony's got theirs, and I've got mine. Um, but I would not probably buy this day one with that color scheme because I know they'll eventually launch different color schemes, and I'll just wait. It's not a big deal to me. They might, they might even. Uh, some people have been um, thinking that they might even do it to where it's like a faceplate on there because it almost looks like a faceplate, especially yeah, when you look yeah. at, like where the blue is. So if they do a faceplate where you could swap out different colors or something like that, that would be sort cool. of like the XP- Xbox 360 console itself. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. And speaking of the Xbox 360, I can't believe more people didn't think that this lo- didn't look like the Star Wars Xbox 360 console that came out. Yeah. Like, oh, that was yeah. the first thing I thought of when I saw this thing. I was like, is this, is this for the Xbox 360 Star Wars edition? Like, mm-hmm. it's the same same color scheme. I actually have that system. <laughs> and it's a cool looking system. The Xbox 350 doesn't exist. Let me fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're talking about the wait, 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 no, the, the white system one, right? itself. The, oh, this, that's right, because it's a C three PO controller. That's right. Yeah, right. right. I don't know what I was thinking. Xbox three hundred and sixty uh, console edition. There it is. Yeah, it does look like that. I agree, even with the yeah. blue. And if they had like a little black texture on the top there for the grill, it would be like a matching controller to that system. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the Xbox 360. Yeah, I didn't think about good. it just now, but you're totally right. That's exactly what it looks like. They did a good job with lots of different cool customizations for the Xbox 360. Like, did cases. you see the Tom's guide uh, where they mocked the mock-up of the PS5 system and how it, like the color scheme would match with the controller? What'd you say? I didn't see that. It's called what? Tom's guide. Tom's guide, PS5 controller. This is right there. Yeah, the Flipboard. Oh yeah, you sent. Obviously, me that. They, don't, they don't know what it looks like, but it's just interesting that they are like, well, it'll match the color scheme. So, what if they just like threw a a, a, a curveball at us and like took the old PSX Japanese console and like reskinned it? <laughs> I, I'd be down. This That's guy. A console. <laughs> Things a <are> tank. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I agree about the color scheme. That it looks kind of funky, but it just comes down to how it feels. There's just a lot going on in that controller that I just don't necessarily need in my controller. So I like the the touchpad, and they're talking about like having like haptic feedback on possibly on the touchpad. Um, and I don't know. again, it's just going to come down the field. I have a really hard time getting behind the the PS controllers in general, just because I don't like having the joysticks right next to each other. So that's a personal preference. So for me, uh, just seeing those are still like in that exact same location. Um, like obviously it's a you know PlayStation thing, so they're probably never <laughs> going to change it. But <laughs> I would prefer if they had offset them like the Xbox or put them up top like the, um, the Wii, U the Wii U controller. Actually, yeah. that's the last console that probably launched where they pushed the controller more than the console itself was the Wii U, and that was a mistake mm-hmm. because everybody yeah. thought it was just a attachment for yeah. the Wii. And they have like audio and stuff coming; you can talk through the controller. Yeah, so, like, that's weird. you know that's cool, but it sounds gimmicky. Well, they're also doing a thing where it's going to be like when you talk, you could talk into the controller and ask for like hints, but somehow Mm -hmm. at first it sounded okay, but Sony then um, came along Mm -hmm. and actually did a patent for monetization of that. So if like you're Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. If you're stuck on something and you ask for a hint, (laughs) it'll somehow charge you. It's like, no, I'll just take out my phone and like, yeah, come on. It's like the like Amazon Amazon Echo experience, right? Where, not Echo. Um, what did they have that service on Kindle for a little while, where you could just be like, "I need help, fire," you know, fire your fire tablet or whatever. You remember they, yeah. when they launched that? It's like that, except they're charging you for it. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, I will say, just having the controller shown off before the console has me worried, and I don't know why. Uh, like, I'm sure nothing's wrong, but that does have me worried. Well, I mean, it's just a series of events with Sony, just how quiet they've been. Mm-hmm. And- you know, with Xbox being all big and boisterous. And then, you know, if you want to get into the nitty gritty with the tech stuff, you know, technically the PS5 is weaker. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not super concerned about it. I don't think it'll be like a PS3 situation where Sony just takes everything for granted and flip flops. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, on the other hand, you got to look at what's been happening with Sony as a company with um, Sean Layden leaving mysteriously and all that stuff. Like, that question's ever been answered. What happened? Why did he mm-hmm. leave? Why was it announced in a tweet? Yeah, that like, was weird. When Reggie, when Reggie left Nintendo, it was like, roll out the red carpet. You know, mm-hmm. here comes Reggie's or his final <laughs> hurrah. And now, you know, when pretty much the Reggie of Sony leaves their games division, they're just like, oh, yeah, he left. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, that's right. right. I, I never thought about it that way. But I remember hearing mm. quite a few videos about him leaving and like, hmm, that's weird. And then I just never thought about it again. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like this color scheme. This you know retro PlayStation Classic essentially yeah, color cool. scheme. 
they did the same thing on the PS4, so I hope they actually launch something like this on the PS5. Yeah. Another thing, I don't know if I'm just blind and I can't see the photo well enough, like, as I was looking this up before, but the buttons look flat. Um, let me see that side view. The buttons do look kind of strange. They're definitely not flat, but they're more flush than previous controllers. And yeah, I, I showed this to my wife, and immediately she's like, I'm going to mess up those button combinations constantly. <laughs> Apparently she like, like has to feel around for the buttons, but, I mean, that might be a common problem. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any uh, final thoughts on this controller scheme? I'd like to know how much it's going to cost. I have a feeling mm-hmm. it's going to be very expensive. To get the controllers or the console itself? No, the controllers. I, I, I think this next generation... You're going to see $80 controllers be the standard. Well, the Switch Pro started the $70 trend. And I never bought one until... You know what's funny? I never bought a Switch Pro controller until somebody literally donated money to uh, Spawnwave, the Spawncast, and was like, this is for Sean to buy a Pro controller. And I was like, I guess I have to now. (laughs) Yeah, if somebody dedicates money in a stream, like, hey, buy this, it's like, fine. (laughs) I've seen that. That seems to happen pretty often where somebody's just frustrated. Like, I want this guy to do this. All right, here's some money. Go do it. (laughs) And it's like, it's not like I couldn't afford it. I just didn't see the need. I was fine Mm -hmm. with the little dog face yeah. controller but i am glad that i did get one because I, I love that thing now i love my wii u pro controller so if the switch pro controller is anything like that i'll probably pick one up eventually yeah it's it's really solid cool well i mean if this controller turns out to be like you know feature really nice features and it, it's a nice feel in the hands i'll probably pick mm-hmm. one up but i just don't like this color scheme that's my final thought yeah. i just don't like the color scheme personally yeah that's fair yeah i mean that wouldn't uh sell a console for me as in like i wouldn't not buy a console because of the color scheme. <laughs> I guess I'm just that petty. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Everyone's got their preferences. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's all you guys got, we'll uh, we'll move on to our next segment and uh, close this one out. So, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT. And we will see you on the next Krillcast. Bye, guys. <laughs> This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT85. And uh, since you're on the show all week, why don't we have you tell everybody about your channel again? Uh, so yeah, I make mediocre video gaming content for everyone to enjoy or hate, whatever. <laughs> One or the other. As long as you're watching, right? As long as you're watching, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I have to say, if you want to go check out some really good retro videos, a lot of his older videos were really, really, really good on the retro side. If you want more gaming news, his newer videos are also great for that kind of coverage. So he's got stuff for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. the binge watcher of retro and the guy that wants the news every day. He's got everything. So just go check out his channel. All right. Um, and we're the Krillcast. If you're here checking us out, go subscribe. We're going to be talking today about a friend of RGT85's over here. Uh, Maybe he can tell us what this guy's all about. (laughs) Man of mystery. (laughs) 
I'll give you guys some stats real quick, and then we'll get into it. So uh, right now, his channel is sitting at, wait, what is this? Oh, there we go, the About tab. That's what I need. He's sitting at 898,000 subscribers. So he's almost at that 900,000 mark, which is insane. Because when I started watching him, he had like 80,000 subscribers. Um, yeah, I knew, that I knew the man when he had 2,000 subscribers. <laughs> I honestly think the first time I saw him was when he came on the Metal Jesus crew for a yep, minute. same. I think that was the first time I saw him, <laughs> to be entirely honest. Um, he's got about 118 million views, pushing about 119 million. And uh, if you're looking for his channel, youtube.com slash beat'emups will get you there. Uh, his about me right here, his description says, I'm an acquired taste like Vegemite, which I believe is an Australian joke. Um, and he's got some business information. So, yeah, I guess he's an acquired taste. If he you're, is. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched him. Go ahead. He's very... See, he, he rubs people the wrong way. Like, people think that, like, he's, like, pompous or something. And people have always thought that about him. But he's actually very, like, shy. Like, the first time I met him in person after talking to him for years was at um, uh, Retro World Expo 2017. And, like, I just walked up to him and he's, like, he's really tall. He's, like, 6'2 or 6'3. Really? And, like, he just, yeah, like, he just kind of looked at me over his shoulder and i was like what's up and he was like this is weird i don't know if i like it mate <laughs> i was like why he was like i don't know we've been talking for so long but we never met and i was like dude it's fine so out i think he put a video out of literally saying that exact same thing back when yeah, like, i think he did like, like, this is just how he is like people people think he's like being like a dick or whatever and it's like no nah, he's just he's just a shy dude in person Based on some of his older videos, I can definitely see that. Um, I, That's I, just his internet persona. Yeah, everybody has an internet persona. Like, I'm definitely not not nearly as energetic and laughing in real life. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Just ask yeah. Will. I just, I just cry all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring a personal problem. <laughs> so, uh, what, what beat em ups is really known for, right? Is a lot of his Switch videos. He does a lot of these not Switch beat em shop. What What did you say? Not beat em ups. Not beating, yeah, he doesn't do a lot of beat em up videos. That's, he doesn't even like beat em up games. <laughs> I wonder where he uh, came up with that name. There's a story behind that. I can't remember because it used to be called the Wooden Cane Show, yeah, or something like that when he was doing stuff with that cane guy. But then those cane just kind of, uh, you know, they just stopped hanging out or whatever, and he just kind of started doing other stuff. So then he renamed the channel. I don't remember why he came up with that name. He told me the story once, but <laughs> I, I don't remember it. It is actually kind of unique because I've never seen another channel with that same name. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just actually figured out the other day why your channel is called RGT um, eighty five, and you shortened it to that because it was much easier to say than what the original name was. Which I'll let you jump in and fill in the words there because I'm sure that it was, uh, well, it's actually twofold because the channel before it even launched had a completely different name. Well, not completely different. It was going to be RGN which was Retro Gaming News, and that's actually the Gmail that's attached to it. Then I changed it to Retro Gaming Tube 85, and I remember I did something with, um, I did like a a Google, (laughs) okay, I remember this well. I did a Google Hangout with uh, Gilly the Kid and Rerez on the channel just because I wanted to, I basically was like, well, you know, maybe they'll share it out on social media, and I'd been friends with them or whatever, and um before we went live, Gilly was like, you're going to hate your name. I was like, why? And he was like, it's too long. Like, you can't put that on a shirt. I was like, I don't care about that. And then, like, a year later, I was like, oh, man, he was right. Because he used to be Retro City Zone or 
something stupid like that, and then he changed it to just Gilly and Gilly the Kid, and it worked better for him. But yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, I remember, actually, I just watched your video where you explained that exact same story. So if you want to go find out some more about RGT in the OG days, go look at some of his older <laughs> videos. Um, but we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about some of that in the next segment. That's right. Yeah, our Wednesday we, segment. We still have to make fun of wood. <laughs> yes, we need to make fun of wood. So I'm just going to bring up these last couple facts here. Um, so he does a lot of Switch videos, reviews, accessories, games, etc. It gives you kind of a good rundown of what's coming out um, and, you know, a little bit of mini reviews on some of the games and the accessories and has a little bit of a comical approach to it. Um, mm-hmm. But really what he was known for in the beginning was all of his Wii U videos. He was like one of the biggest Wii U channels back when the Wii U was, well, I don't know if I could call it popular, but when it was still like, you know, part of standard, made. standard modern yeah. day talk. Um, and he's definitely known for being relatively, um, I would, I call them charismatic, but uh, you could take RGT's side of it and say <laughs> that a lot of people know him for being quote unquote pompous or shy or, or mo- like, both of those things. I would call it flamboyant. It's, it's it's only in person i i think i think on camera you know he comes across as, as very energetic and you know he just plays into that yeah. like mm-hmm. because when we have conversations you know I, I talk to the dude every day you know it's like we're two miserable old men just bickering <laughs> at each other about nonsense <laughs> but he gets when he gets on camera you know he gets all pepped up and energetic and happy you kind of it works for him you kind of have to sometimes mm-hmm. right you know you got to be a little more energetic mm-hmm. on camera than in person yeah yeah, like, uh, yeah, I would say to some degree. Yeah. Um, sometimes, it, you know, if you're just sitting there like, guys, I got to tell you about the Nintendo Switch today. You know, nobody's going to watch that. And, and that's <laughs> something a lot of people don't understand. They think that Wood gets, you know, crazy views because of the subject matter he talks about, which I think is very disrespectful because I am friends with I'm not even friends. I'm subscribed to channels where they do like a very similar video to like what would or myself would do. And Mm -hmm. it gets like 10 views. And it's like, so like that's, that's so, you know, it's, it's disrespectful to say that. Like there's obviously a reason why people are watching a certain individual over another certain individual. And I, I think some of it comes down to personality and he's definitely developed more of a personality on camera because he used to, you know, the channel used to be, it was essentially um, like the game chasers were and he was going game hunting in Australia and stuff like that. And then he kind of started branching out into other stuff and that, Mm -hmm. because, you know, like I couldn't imagine like the, the amount of time that goes into editing something like that. Like I hate editing and I could not imagine trying to put together like a cohesive episode uh, like you know like game quest was or like the game chasers are just because of all all the time that you have to put into that so you know but it, what he's doing now is is definitely working for him i can't i'll be honest though i really don't watch him anymore and I, that's not a knock on him it's just because you know i don't i don't watch spawn wave i don't watch i people i'm friends with i hardly ever watch because a I don't want to watch video gaming content when I'm in my downtime and B, I don't want to be subconsciously influenced by what my friends are doing or what my friends are saying and then say the same thing. And this has come to bite me in the ass before I actually made a video that was extremely similar to um, some another content creators video and they came out, you know, within like a, two weeks of each other and I felt so bad and like people were like, oh, you ripped him off. And it's like, dude, I did not rip him off. Like I literally just decided to make this video. It was on mature um, N64 games because 
there was a lot of mature N64 games and not a lot of people like ever talked about that. And I realized it when talking about how many N64 games in proportion to mature games there were to the whole library. I was like, wow, there, there was a vast majority of mature games. And another content creator had made a very similar video to that a couple of weeks before me. So, you know, I, I ended up looking like a piece of crap. So, um, <laughs> but I had never even watched this video until somebody brought it to my attention and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh shit. Uh, but yeah, so I don't, you know, his, his content's great. It's very well edited. There's lots of funny skits in there and stuff. So, you know, it's great stuff. And as you were saying before, some of his very first videos, which we usually talk about the first video on a channel when we cover them, these wooden cane episodes, which I had actually never watched until we started talking about it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, it's very, it's very different. Like it's, mm-hmm. and, and you could see how he's definitely grown. Oh Yeah as and as like a person and as a youtube individual as well because yeah, like skills have grown with his hair yes oh yeah like <laughs> like it, it, it's it's a night and day sort of thing mm-hmm. and w- when you watch his uh his collection grow it's so funny to see it goes from like the australian blue boxes to like actual like ntsc american boxes as he goes further and further down the line like his collection yeah. goes from more more australian to more American titles as he gets a bigger, bigger, bigger collection. But he still always talks about how he had to leave a lot of it in Australia when he moved. Yeah, mm. he Which, got he got a good chunk of it um, when when he finally settled down um, and like had a pl- had like his own place. Yeah, he, he actually got a good chunk of it. But I, I remember that was an absolute nightmare. He had to like drive to a port that was like six or seven hours away to go pick it up. Like, it was a, it was a huge process. Oh yeah. Mm. I remember that video. Cause he got it in like the most ridiculous looking shipping boxes I've ever seen. It's like yeah. just plastic tubs. I was like, yeah. really? This is how they shipped it. Oof, that's not good. Um, but yeah, he's come a long way from here. Cause if you look at, um, did you look over the, you don't have to admit it, but did you, you looked over the outline, right? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I remember we were doing this, and we got to the fourth video, and Adam Korlick was like, I didn't read the outline. <laughs> yeah. I think you said that in the very first video, actually. You might be right. I don't remember. But um, yeah. he's come a long way because his most popular videos have come out in the last year. And mm. some of it is some He of... blew up all of a sudden. Like, yeah. Again, like you are saying, like we are watching him a couple of years ago, and I liked his content. And then I tuned back in like you know several months ago, and suddenly he's only huge view numbers. Oh, yeah. Just like uh guy down in the bottom corner of the screen right here. I think I started watching you at about, I think you had like 60,000 subs when I started watching you. Okay. And uh, I didn't realize you had jumped over 200,000 in the last, you know, what, 12 months? Oh, no, it's it probably... Two well, years? It's probably because probably I remember when I decided to go full-time, I was at 80,000, and that was February 2018. Because you you grew pretty rapidly once you started putting out the daily content. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's really when you start going full-time, you start getting this great editing. And for you, too, the same thing. As soon as you guys started doing that, boom, it was like the the success got bigger and bigger as you guys kept putting out the content. That's the goal. And hopefully it works. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> But like his content, like you said, it's it's definitely evolved. Especially when you look back at Wooden Kane, where they're just two guys talking mm-hmm. in front of a camera. Now here he's in the middle of the ten best free games on Nintendo Switch, and he's doing a baking thing in the beginning. Like I don't know what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, even going back a year ago, though, he has so much more confidence now. Oh yeah, like, 
I don't know, just the, the oh, persona Skillshare. that we've been talking about. It really shines through now. It's a Skillshare commercial. I did not realize that at first. <laughs> Anyways, so that's his most popular video. It's 10 best free games on the Nintendo Switch. Anytime you put the word free in the title, I, I swear it automatically boosts you up by like 10% at minimum. But, People um, love free stuff. They do. They do. <laughs> like I, I saw a video that said free things on wish.com and I was like, I don't want to watch it, but it's free. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so really what we get into after this is we say like, what do we like most about their channel? Because we want to build them up before we knock them down. Yeah. So, um, I was going to say you can go first if you want. His hair, like I'm very jealous of that. I have very <laughs> curly locks when my hair was long. Like it, it wasn't, I, I could never get it to look that nice. So I, I would definitely say his hair. How about you, Will? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean the hair obviously. I wanna, I'm, right now I'm in you know quarantine, so like, I'm starting to grow out my hair. You can't tell because I have the beanie on, but it's actually down like almost to my shoulders in the back. It's, it's basically a mullet, but we're, get, we're getting there. <laughs> Um, and so I also really like his, uh, thumbnails, his recent thumbnails. Uh, they're really attention grabbing. And he also has like these really comical faces, which already pull me in. Cause like, that guy looks kind of funny. I'm going <laughs> to click on this video. Um, and then we, we talk about like the banners and stuff too. So the banner I really like, and it really meshes well with this icon. I like how he changed it to have the switch, the switch, uh, joy cons in there. I don't like that as much. I feel like it, you know, is uh, hating on Xbox. No, <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I appreciate it. Um, and his content is entertaining. So I, I do. You don't really know what you're getting into necessarily, because sometimes he'll he'll say like, like the title will be one thing, or you know, the t- the thumbnail is advertising a game, but then it ends up being like a skit. Or he's making a lot of jokes that really aren't related, but still entertaining. And he'll you know eventually go back to the content you clicked on originally. Um, but honestly, I kind of like that. So he's all over the place sometimes. That's yeah. for sure. It makes it entertaining. You don't know what you're getting into. So I actually like um, this. This is going to sound like a weird, uh, not a criticism, but it's a positive. I liked all of his Wii U content a lot. And then when he went to the Switch, for me, it was like, oh no, I've lost one of my favorite Wii U content creators because I knew he was going to go all Switch all the time once he went to the Switch mm-hmm. because the Wii U is like essentially dead. <laughs> but I I really loved all of his content covering the Wii U because he was one of the few people willing to kind of do it on the daily like he did all the time. And so I still, every time I see somebody that I like covering Wii U content at all, I will mm-hmm. literally just click on it because I still find the Wii U such a fascinating topic. Um, specifically, I noticed even RGT down here at the bottom just put out what was the last digital Wii U game that came out, right? And you yeah. were like touting, I don't remember what it was, but it was an eShop game. And I remember clicking on it specifically because Wii U is in the title. So I like the exact same thing. I really enjoyed his Wii U content a lot. And moving on to the Switch, now that I've got one, I'm looking forward to his Switch content because it's hilarious and informative at the same time. And I appreciate that about his channel. Mm-hmm. So now that we've covered what we like, um, what are some things we think he can improve or some things that he doesn't do very well? Um, he gets but... too many views. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me sick. My stomach. Um, I don't. I can't really criticize him because, for me, it's like you look at one of his videos and you look at one of my videos, and it's like, okay, one person knows how to edit and one person doesn't. Um, So you know, I would, I I would like to see him, you know, maybe try. 
I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, like I, one of my favorite videos of his was a, a Back to the Future review for the NES. And it was like a two-part, it was a two-part video. And it had like really good skit in it where like he was Doc Brown. But like that video, I, I know how much time and effort he put into it. And it ended up like getting like nowhere near the views that it should have got. So I can understand why he wouldn't want to do something like that and, you know, pushes himself towards something that, you know, will be successful because you don't want to, you know, essentially waste your time. You are definitely not wrong, man. He only got 4,000, 5,000 views on that and it has not really built up over time. Mm-mm. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a really good video. It's really, it's really like he has a, do- a fake Doc Brown that comes in and stuff like because <laughs> he put his hair back, he should let it down. Yep, you're right. That's got to be it. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this kind of content. I didn't even know he did this. I need to watch this now. <laughs> no, there's a fake Doc Brown. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So obviously, he uh, filmed this multiple times and had to keep himself away from himself so he could actually yeah, put, this put, is awesome. impose himself upon it. That's cool. I didn't realize he had these kind of editing skills for like you know this more long form, uh, scripted content. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that he used to do. That was he did a lot of stuff like that back in probably when when that video come out like 2016. It was yeah right right at the end of 2015. Okay, so yeah, that was that was kind of what he would do. You know, he's basically just trying to find his groove, trying to find mm-hmm. what worked for him. How about you, Will? You got any uh, tips for this guy? Yeah, I I don't know. I have a hard time with this too, just because I. You pick like we pick someone that I actually really enjoy watching, so I have a hard time <laughs> nitpicking it. Um, I guess one of the things that I enjoy is the fact that his titles are kind of I don't want to say clickbaity, but they get their attention getting, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily cover what I think it's going to. <laughs> um, so I mean, although I like that because it adds a little bit of mystery to the video, <laughs> um, I also don't necessarily like it at the same time because you know sometimes I just want to get whatever the content I thought I was like whatever I was expecting. Um, so sometimes I've only watched, you know, two minutes in and then I get, I click off the video because I realize, although it's funny, it's not what I wanted. I think one thing that if I was running a channel his size that I might consider doing, um, I see that he's got these in playlists, but uh, maybe group the series that he's doing kind of more together, like have like a tagline in each of them. Like this is this series, like top tens, like how some of the other channels do. Because if you look, a lot of his videos are just like, like you said, the clickbait title with no like underlying series title. And mm-hmm. so like you don't know if these are similar videos other than he's grouped them in playlists. So if I'm just searching on uh, beat-em-ups and I want to find something, like top tens, if I just did that, they'll come up, but they're not like they're not like a series. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. like all just top tens. Yeah. That's fair. I think it'd be cool to have a couple series on his channel. like, And maybe he could do some of his long-form content in a series format. But that's really all I've got. I don't really have a whole lot. He's doing obviously way more successful than myself or Will. <laughs> and uh, we need to change up everything. Yeah, just <laughs> just rename your channel the Krillcast, and we'll be all set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. What are our predictions for the channel going forward? Where do we think he's going to be a year from now? One point two. No, I'll say one point four mil. Yeah, think so. I think so. I think so. What about He's you, got what? momentum on his side. Mm-hmm. Same? I, I mean, I think that's about the same. I would say just I don't want to be as specific, <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, he's just going to keep increasing, and uh, potentially with the, the Switch HD coming out, 
um, or another Zelda, I think he, that content could make him jump even further. Yeah, because his his videos tend to jump really high when Nintendo puts out new stuff. Um, yeah, because he does cover like mostly the Switch. But I see that he's got mm-hmm. a uh, a Half Life VR set on his head in this picture, so I might have to watch that video later. Um, you see, he got the Half Life logo on there. Or, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, for some reason, I was thinking, oh, it's not the Valve logo; it's the Half Life logo. Sorry, brain fart. My bad. Um, <laughs> I'm going to predict that he's going to be 1.5 million by next year. Just going to go go for broke here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just want to also extend at the end of this video, Wood, if you want to come on and review RGT's channel, we're open. Oh, we're open to it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you can give him some pointers or, or tell him how great he is, one or the other, you know, whatever you want to do. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's how to go. <laughs> um, but uh, in conclusion, we all love your channel. So as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT. And we will see you on the next Crowcast. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT85. And Wood, you can go away. This is not your video. <laughs> <laughs> um, today is all about who? Me. RGT85. Indeed. And Indeed. what segment is today, Will? I'm going to make you say yeah, it this so week. You're going to make me say it this time? Yeah. All right. It's Wild Cow Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I don't like saying it. <laughs> Um, so this is part of our interview slash conversation series labeled as the conversations mm-hmm. with the Krill cast on our channel. And uh, today we're going to be talking all about RGT, asking him some questions about his channel, asking him, uh, you know, all those questions you've been wondering over the years, or maybe you didn't yeah. wonder it at all. Like, all you know, the ones that you've sent in. Yeah. All, all of our viewers, me and Will. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, what's his favorite, what's his favorite sandwich? Those kinds of things. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, why don't you jump in with that first question? All right, so first question, uh, what inspired you to start your YouTube channel? So before I started um, RGT85, I was actually doing writing. Um, I wrote for a a small website. I started out in 2012, um, and then I only did that because I had a friend who worked for them, and he was getting free video games, and I was like, I want free video games. And he was like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. can you write? And I was like, that's the only thing I was really good at in school, so I think Mm so. So I ended up hooking up with the the owner of the website. I sent him like a sample piece, and he was like, oh, this is actually pretty decent. So I joined that website, and then that website kind of went um, under – so I joined another website that was called Nintendo Enthusiast, and I became the editor-in-chief there. And they had a YouTube channel that had, like, 4,000 subs on it. And I was like, wow, um, do you have anyone who makes content on this channel? And they were like, no. I was like, I want to make videos on this channel. And they were like, well, do you know how to make videos? I was like, no. And they were like, well, how are you going to make videos? I was like, don't worry about it. I'll make it work. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a 480p webcam that I shot in 240p in because I don't know how webcams work. I had one single lamp, and mm-hmm. I started doing videos on that channel. And they were absolutely atrocious. Um, <laughs> at the same time, this other jackass named Jason Lapine joined the channel. 
and because the the website was based out of Canada and he lives in mm -hmm. Canada and he also started doing videos on the channel. But this ass had uh, a three thousand dollar camera. He was shooting at um, ANC Games in Toronto, so he had an awesome backdrop. And like mm -hmm. I was so mad, like I hated him. <laughs> but then of course we, we ended up becoming good friends, and uh, we do a podcast every Sunday. Um, but yeah, so I started doing videos on that, and you know they were pretty crappy but you know i kind of got by on my personality i tried to have fun with it and then mm -hmm. um everyone had a side channel and i wanted to do i wanted to do other stuff because on that channel you can only really talk about nintendo nobody gave a crap about like retro stuff on there mm -hmm. or anything like that and everyone had a side channel i was like you know what i think i'm gonna make a side channel so i made a side channel and it, by the time I made the side channel, we had grown Nintendo enthusiasts like 20,000 subs. I was like, perfect. This is great. I'll start my side channel and make an announcement on the channel. Everyone will come and join me, and I'll have a huge user base. And <laughs> I think maybe 200 to 300 people made the switch over there. And I was still making videos on Nintendo enthusiasts. This was just my little side project. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is... I'm actually gonna have if I if I want to do something, I'm actually gonna have to put some work into it. So that was why I honestly wanted to be able to talk about other stuff besides Nintendo stuff, which is kind of ironic when you look at the channel nowadays. But I can explain <laughs> why that is. But yeah, I, I just I just wanted to branch out and do other stuff, and so that's how that's why I ended up coming up with that channel. And okay. uh, that that also goes in with that uh, retro gaming tube story that you told in the other video right yeah so it was originally the the original premise of the channel was retro gaming news because uh and it was just funny because people are like oh you, you do a lot of news stuff nowadays and it's like well that was always the point of the channel it's just <laughs> you didn't realize it because i changed the name at the last second because i thought that name sucked um at that time <laughs> there was a ton of homebrews a ton of new homebrews that were coming out there mm -hmm. was um the coleco chameleon and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about that stuff. And it's funny because the first non-retro video I ever did on the channel was actually a PS4 video as well. And I, I remember mm -hmm. that. But yeah, the, from the outset, the channel was supposed to be news sort of related. But obviously in the earlier days, like I dabbled in a lot of different stuff. I had um, oh, a series called Why I Love. And on the flip side, I had a series called Why I Hate. And Why I Hate was uh, very heavily inspired by the uh, angry video game nerd who I think <laughs> mm -hmm. is the greatest. You know, he's the reason why gamers on YouTube exist. Like, without him, I, you know, there there wouldn't be PewDiePie and all that sort of shit. Like, he's 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 the godfather. He's he's the OG of it. But yeah, you know, it was just it was just sort of a manner of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I was just doing whatever without really having sort of like a purpose, I guess, or a goal. Yeah. Didn't have a clear focus in the beginning, basically. No, no, not at all. Because my focus, because what ended up happening was the Coleco Chameleon ended up becoming, you know, this this huge scam, and it's like, oh, yeah. what the hell am I going to talk about now? I was I was planning on like covering that system and covering the games <laughs> for the system and stuff, and then that quickly went away, and I was like, what now? So I just started doing whatever whatever I wanted, I guess. Actually, that that Coleco Chameleon situation got me dabbled into like this long rabbit hole on YouTube. I was like, it was like video after video after video. By the end of it, I was like, wow, that is like the oh, it biggest. Was, it, was, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. And you know what? Come to think of it, 
it was actually before the Coleco Chameleon. It was when it was called the Retro VGS. Oh, now yeah. that I remember, <laughs> that's when that's I started. Right. It was it was May or no, not May, March 2015 is when I started the channel. If I'm not mistaken, didn't somebody get sent like a prototype shell of the console? I can't remember who that was. There was a prototype shell at a well. The prototype shell was the Jaguar. That's right. Shell. Yeah. It was. It was. They were. They um, purchased the molds that were being used uh, for dental yeah. stuff. Such a funny and then story. They, they had a. They had a chameleon, but when they revised it to the Coleco chameleon because they got the Coleco branding, they had a chameleon at one of the tr- uh, one of the trade events. I don't. I don't recall which one it was, but it, it was essentially just a Super Nintendo inside of the system. Like it wasn't any proprietary stuff in it. Right. Yeah, I, I remember just literally going down that rabbit hole for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, watching just, videos on it. It was it was a hell of a time, man. So at what point in time did you realize you wanted to do YouTube full time? And I remember the video where you told us about this, but I, I'd like to hear kind of more of a story background on that, how you yeah, decided. Definitely. I I decided at at Retro World Expo two thousand and seventeen, <laughs> where I met Wood, that I did not want to be living where I was living at. I wanted to come back to the Northeast where I was born. And I still have a lot of family. And I was like, how can I make this work? And I was like, I'm going to put all my time and effort into YouTube. And what I did was I was working 40 hours a week. Um, I would wake up at 745. I'd hop in the shower. I would go to my job. Um, I would look at my phone during downtime at my job to sort of see if there was anything worth talking about. And then I would find something. I would drive home at six on the drive home. I would figure out, you know, I'd pretty much script the video in my head. I'd get home. I'd make dinner, which consisted of a microwave meal because I don't cook. <laughs> I would eat said food. I would film video. I would edit video. I would upload video. I would play games for like 30 minutes and then I would go to sleep. And I did that for months, months and months and months because I said, if I can make this work, I'm going to try it for four months i'm gonna try for four or five months and just put everything i have into it and if it works awesome if it doesn't you know whatever and it ended up working so you know once once the money started being you know good enough to where i was like well you know if if i'm working 40 hours a week and i'm able to do this you know what if i you know put 100 percent of myself into it you know maybe it could work so what i did was i just saved all of my money and um i had a safety net to where uh, basically, you know, if YouTube just went up shit's creek, I would have essentially eight months to a year worth of money to live off of. And that was if I had no income coming in whatsoever. I would be able to pay my rent, uh, bills, and um, buy food because that, that's all I really cared about. But yeah, <laughs> so, and it ended up working. So, awesome. It's good. And that was. Worry about uh, eighty thousand subscribers is when you had yep. that that yeah because I remember you did a video right around that time kind of discussing that uh, I couldn't yeah, remember because I mean really at the end of the day subscribers I mean subscribers are nice to have because it gives you a loyal fan base but at the end of the day <laughs> views are what matter you don't get paid on subs no. you get paid on how many people watch your video so <laughs> people thought I was stupid for doing it at eighty thousand subs but I'm like look at my view count versus channels some of my some channels that are twice the size of me and they're not getting mm-hmm. these sort of views like who's the dummy here like <laughs> if you can get even 20 percent of your subscriber base worth of views you're doing pretty well and your videos oh, yeah. tend to perform much mm-hmm. better than that 
I mean, really, the the rule the rule of thumb on YouTube is ten percent is a healthy channel. You ask mm -hmm. anyone who's like a, a well versed person in YouTube, like if you got a hundred thousand subs and you're getting at least ten k views on your each of your videos, you're doing you're doing good. Like that's that's a sign of a healthy channel. And then you got some channels that just perform way above expectations. Like for example, gaming historian. Every time he puts out a video, it's like. Phew! <laughs> and his subs yeah. don't even come close to the view counts he gets. Mm -hmm. No. Because he, he's able to cross sort of borders and stuff like yeah. that, though. Like, your your channel yeah. does really well, too. Like, yours, this video we're, yeah. we got in the background here, 723,000 views versus your 286,000 subscribers. That's What video is that? 15 must-own Nintendo Switch games. That's Okay, that's my best video. That's my best performing video. I don't have any videos that ever hit a million, but... That, that, yeah, that's my best performing video. And that was just a video, like, people think, like, I have some, like, grand scheme when I make a video. No. I literally <laughs> just wake up and I'm like, what do I want to do today? What do I want to talk about today? I'm like, that's it. Like, I'll just, I just roll with it. I think Will's got the next question for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask like, a sub question to the last one first. Uh, how long did it take for you to, like, breathe that sigh of relief after going full time where you're like, oh, okay, this was not a terrible decision? I am someone who has, ever since I was an adult, I have lived very cheap. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really, once once I went full time and I had enough money to last me eight months to a year, it was like, you know, it's not like I'm going to have zero dollars coming in every month. You know, there will at least be some money. So I'm pretty sure I can make this work. I, I never breathe a sigh of relief, though, because, you know, like even today, you know, my view counts are great. But CPM is down right now, like half of what it normally is because mm -hmm. advertisers aren't advertising right now. So it's like, you know, you're always kind of worried about it. But, you know, I save everything. Like I said, I used a $600 all-in-one desktop computer since 2015. It was painful for me to buy this this new computer that will last me probably until I die, even though <laughs> it's a really good computer. Like, I just I hate spending money, so... You know, it, it's it's always what it really boils down to is it's just you know your your living expenses, and if as long as you can cover your living expenses and then have something to save for a rainy day, like you're good. And I had just like I said, I had just saved up you know a good amount of money to where I was like I felt comfortable, and it was like worst case I could always you know just find a job if I needed to. Yeah, yeah that's a smart way to do it. I I didn't even realize mm -hmm. uh, you had that much plan behind it when you were doing it, but that makes way more sense than. In my head, was, I was like, oh, your subscriber count's good enough and your views are good enough. Might as well try it. That was my thought no, process. <laughs> it was very it was very meticulous. Very meticulous. And you, you moved at the same time, right? Right around that same time? Yep. I wanted I wanted a fresh start. I moved to a town that I the place that I moved to, I never saw in person. I literally found it online. <laughs> it was it was five hundred miles away from where I lived in a town in a state that I had never been to. And I was just like <laughs> Yep, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and I packed oh my up gosh. the shit. My dad flew in, and because uh, I didn't want to drive the truck up there, because I don't know. And I, so I had him uh, drive the truck up there with me, and uh, him and I unloaded it. And the first time I saw it was the first time I it was the same time I moved in. And I remember you were really nervous about moving all your games and stuff because you yeah, know, the Saturn and, cases aren't aren't uh, are a little fragile compared to well, all the bookshelves broke. Yeah, anyway, I remember that. So. You know, it sucked, but you know, <laughs> if that if that was the biggest casualty, you know, it could have been worse. Yeah, weren't they like warped from the the drive because you kept most of the games on the shelves? Yep. 
I had the great idea of saran wrapping them. Everything <laughs> oh, no. was going to be fine, and yeah. nothing was fine. And absolutely <laughs> nothing was fine. So one one new uh, full set of shelves later, <laughs> everything mm-hmm. was good. I guess well, the, the funny thing are... was the place I moved to was so small that I I couldn't even do. It, I didn't even have a game room in that place. It was literally. It was literally like a downstairs area that was the living room and like a small kitchen. And then you went up a spiral staircase and there was a bedroom and a bathroom. And that was all that I had just because I wanted to be cheap because like I didn't know if it was going to work out or not. So I just found a cheap but nice place and I just, you know, made it work for me. So you're, you're in a different place now, correct? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I thought you had moved, but I wasn't sure. Um, Was the second move a little easier than the first move? Yeah, it was a lot easier. Um, just because, like, I wasn't as worried. But once again, I did not see this place. But I have family that lives close by, so they they met with the realtor um, to look <laughs> at it. Because I don't care. Like, you know, if I'm renting, it's like, who cares? Like, you know, what's the worst case scenario? It sucks and you're stuck there a year. Like, okay, you make it work. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you got the next question. All right. So next question. Uh, so you started off more as a retro gaming channel. At uh, what point did you decide to do more of a daily news content? When, uh, you know, my thing is, like, I still love retro stuff, but it's like, I can't sit there and review Super Mario Brothers. Like, I could, but what the hell am I going to add to the conversation? What am I going to say that hasn't been said about Super Mario Brothers? Mm-hmm. It's like, retro gaming content was one of the foundations I feel that YouTube was built on with people like, you know, angry video game nerd and um, uh, irate gamer and stuff like that. And it became very popular. And so, you know, I still love retro gaming content, but if I wanted to do daily content, I couldn't do daily retro gaming content. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone can because you have to go about, you have to go about it in a different way because it's been done by so many other people and they probably have done it better than you have. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, (laughs) You know, just, you know, and another thing is you got, you got to go with what works at the end of the day, like, you know, and, you know, more modern stuff seems to be working. I still do try to sprinkle in retro gaming stuff whenever, you know, like a, a Sega Genesis Mini was announced, like Sega actually reached out to me and was like, hey, we want you to be one of the few people to reveal the games for the system. And I'm like, what? Me? Are you sure? <laughs> so, like, you know, that's cool. You know, whenever there's like new retro hardware I'm always one of the first people to cover it because I like talking about stuff like that. But it's just like, as far as individual games and stuff is concerned, if I only, you know, did stuff like that, like I would make like one video a week and it would just be like, I, I don't like that. I like to stay busy. Yeah. Cause we're, we're not going to get another, um, stock, a trash pile of ET cartridges that we can report on every single day or something like that, where they right. find and them I mean, all buried in the ground or something. <laughs> but if it were to happen, you know, I'm in a position now where I have like a little office type thing set up in my living room um, to where I could just, you know, film about that and talk about that if I wanted to. So, yeah. I still remember the time you woke up at like three in the morning and recorded that PlayStation Classic video. Hell yeah. I remember <laughs> that conversation. Hell yeah. I was talking to, um, I was in a group chat with Billy from the Game Chasers, um, 8-Bit Eric and a couple other people. And I think Wood was in there too, actually. And it was like three in the morning and that news had just dropped. And I was like, should I do it? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you sure? And they're like, I mean, do you think it'll get views? I was like, I don't know. I think it would. <laughs> and so, I just, yeah, I made that video. I didn't go to bed till like seven in the morning. And then 
when I woke up, that video had just blown up. So I was like, huh, good decision. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I was like, man, that's some dedication. <laughs> Hopping on at 3 a.m. to film a video like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, I do shit like my my sleep schedule is very weird it's a lot better nowadays um but like sometimes i i just won't be able to sleep and i'll just make a video like what was the, i can't remember there was something pokemon sword and shield related was the last thing i did it because i remember texting my mom at like seven in the morning and i was like you going to work and she was like yeah why are you up i was like i haven't gone to bed yet and she was like what is wrong with you i, was like, I couldn't sleep so i made a video it's almost done though <laughs> I'll tell you what, making a video and you're really tired, the worst thing ever is when it's in the middle of rendering and you realize, oh, no, I forgot something. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's, that's so bad. Realize so now, there's no audio. Now yeah. I got this new computer and it literally, like, the last two videos um, I've done have been on this new computer and it literally renders the video in one minute. That's so awesome. it's like, yeah, it's not that big of it. It's not that bad anymore. It's like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right. Um, the next question: What is your favorite content to make? Everything. I really don't have favorite content. People. Some people think that I just, you know, I don't know where I was going with that answer. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, I was up to like four thirty last night playing Final Fantasy VII because it's a great game, uh, the remake of it. But yeah, like I, I just I, all of my content is my favorite sort of content. I love reviewing games. I love talking about retro stuff. I love doing news and stuff like that. As long as I'm making something, I feel productive. So I, I really don't have like a set favorite thing, which is, yeah. makes for a shitty answer. But I mean, it's true. <laughs> I still loved your uh, was it the was it two K sixteen WWE two K sixteen or seventeen where the switch uh, just two K eighteen 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 man the switch hasn't been out that long um, <laughs> I, and you had the uh, you had your buddy come on and film the beginning and you were trying to build him in the uh, WWE world you're trying to make yeah, a well realistic that, model of him <laughs> that's actually going to play into question seven okay I, I won't okay. I won't dig too deep into that though but that <laughs> was YouTube cool. gold I must say it was it was pretty yeah, awesome. That, that was a fun video. That was back when you saw your uh, intro rolling on every video. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get rid of that until last year. I was going to say, it, it was kind of jarring when I, I didn't watch for like maybe a month or two, and then all of a sudden the intro was gone. I was like, whoa. Well, I, had, <laughs> I had plans for a new intro, and then I never followed through with it. Like I wanted to have like a little animated intro, and I was going to hire someone to do it. But then like people just... I, I don't know. I guess it's a lot more work than I thought it would be. It was like seven seconds is all I wanted, but it's, it was essentially like a seven second cartoon that I had like planned in my head. But it, it's something I might revisit still. But yeah, I used to like the um, your intros that you had because the the intro song you were using. I don't know if that was like a custom made song for your channel or if, or if you got that from yeah, somewhere. Was. That, that was pretty epic. I liked it. The kind of eight bit sound, but kind of more modern sounding. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy make that song for me. Um, did I? Right, oh, next yeah. one. Yeah, I was going to say, you answered the question, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> Go ahead, Will. All right, so have you ever felt burnt out? Not really. Sometimes, like, I don't feel like making a video, and then I just won't do anything that day. Like, I'll take a day off. Because when you're making YouTube stuff, like, you don't have a set time frame unless you set it yourself. So, like, you know, you could work for, you know... 20 days straight sometimes but it's like it doesn't bother me because 
I enjoy making videos. I hate editing them, but I enjoy making them. I enjoy video games. So it never really, you know, half the time it doesn't even feel like work. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, worst case, like, you know, I'll take a couple days off and maybe I'll start taking like actual vacations and stuff like that because I really don't like I, I'm just kind of a homebody nowadays. But no, I, I wouldn't say like like really burnt out, like more so than like a normal job. Like you just want days off sometimes. Is it hard to take a vacation when you're doing YouTube every day, basically? No, not really. I mean, it, it, sometimes I'll plan. It depends on how long of a vacation it is. Like, uh, sometimes I'll plan out videos and have scheduled videos that'll go out while I'm out of town. But I really, like I said, I don't really don't take vacations all that much. So it's it's not something that I've ever, like, come across, really, since I've been full-time. I've, you know, I've been full-time for two years and I really haven't taken like a set vacation or anything like that more than, you know, four or five days. Cool. Um, since you started your channel, do you think you do more gaming or less gaming? Uh, more, but it's more streamlined because I'm always checking out new games. I'm always working on reviews. You don't really have as much casual gaming time as you do when you're not doing YouTube full time. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake, if it wasn't for is that that's today's video that you have up right now okay so if it wasn't for resident evil 4 remake being leaked and the wwe 2k21 potentially being canceled today's video probably would have been final fantasy 7 impressions but i didn't really want to do that because i'm taking my time playing that game and really enjoying it and so now i don't feel as pressured to make a video on it so that's kind of become like my first leisure game in quite a while because usually I'm playing stuff to review. So you play more, but you don't have as much casual gaming time. Okay. I have to say um, most of my downtime since we've done YouTube has been, honestly, I check YouTube too much. I should probably be doing more gaming and enjoying my time (laughs) than checking Mm -hmm. my YouTube channel for stats and stuff. You know, that's definitely become a problem for me. (laughs) I mean, it's it's addictive. It is. Really. It is. What it boils down to. All right. Well, what do you got next? All right, so next one. Uh, what's your favorite moment in your YouTube? Yeah, sorry, YouTube career. I would say um, definitely realizing how small the YouTube circle is. Um, like you were saying with WWE 2K18, um, that whole thing with Stevie Richards, who was a pro wrestler that I watched in ECW, WCW, WWF, that literally stemmed from a Twitter conversation where he had shared one of my videos randomly mm-hmm. and said that he was a fan of my stuff and i was like what it's like you watch me like i watch you like that's that's weird and we ended up talking and you know we ended up um doing we actually did two videos together um that one and then the retromania wrestling reveal for the nintendo switch which the company wanted me to announce it coming out to the switch and i had uh stevie richards is one of the uh roster members in it so we linked up and did another video kind of similar to the original video um that we did kind of you know playing tongue-in-cheek on it um and then like uh musicians too like um in one of my videos i was wearing a um a deathcore band that i like called oceano i was wearing one of their um tank tops and the next day i woke up and my facebook was like flooded and the lead singer of oceano (laughs) was like 
wow, this YouTuber I watched was, was wearing one of our shirts. And I'm like, <laughs> you watch me? Like, what the hell? And, like, I've met, like, so many, like, bands that I've been, like, Oceano, the Acacia Strain. I met the lead singer of the Acacia Strain at Too Many Games, and now he's, like, a big fan of the channel. So I would say just meeting people from, like, the pro wrestling world. Like, Tatanka. You remember Tatanka from the WWF in the 1990s, the mm -hmm. Native American wrestler? Mm -hmm. He follows yeah. me on Twitter. And I'm like, why do you follow me on Twitter? Like, the blue meanie. And I'm like, this is weird, man. Like, I'm not used to, I'm not used to this. So definitely sort of the, the crossover that, that has happened because of the channel and just, you know, getting to meet people that I watch and I enjoy watching that are fans of me. I never realized, like you said, how small the YouTube circle is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really small. It's as soon as like somebody notices you and they start talking to you, it's like, wow, it just kind of opens so many doors to talk to everybody else, and everybody's yeah. kind of friendly. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. What would you say was your least favorite moment in your YouTube career? Um. Well, with the, with when you become when your channel becomes more popular you got more people that scrutinize you and like, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's people out there that can't stand me and they make like all these negative videos about me, but I'm like, you've never reached out to me. You've never tried to talk to me. You, you don't know who I am. So, you know, it, it's just weird to me, like why people obsess over what other people are doing, but you know, it just comes with the territory really. Yeah. Like I, obviously if, if a channel like ours can reach out and you're friendly with us, anybody could reach out and just be like, Hey, just wanted to ask you about this, and you'd probably yeah, be more like, than willing to talk mm -hmm. to him. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not a sneaky person. I don't, I don't really have anything to hide. So I don't know why people try to make conspiracies about shit. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> He's hiding the rest of his hair in his hat, right? <laughs> Do you still have the ponytail going on? I know you had the long hair going on no, for a little while. My, my hair's my head shaved. Oh, okay. I know you were doing that for quite a while, and people are like, "Where'd all the hair go?" <laughs> yeah, I had to cut that off. That was too much. <laughs> I, I do find that like kind of weird how people like follow your appearance just as much as they follow your content, it seems like. Because I've seen <laughs> comments where like, well, why are you wearing this? Or what are you doing that? And I'm like, yeah, like it's, it's very strange to me. I'm like, <laughs> clean? That's why I'm wearing it? Is that okay? I didn't realize I need to I, yeah, I gave it a sniff test. That's <laughs> weird, weird, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I find uh, anytime somebody comment like your content is about gaming, it's like, why are you commenting on the guy's appearance? Like, you know, unless he's I, like, unless he's like completely, you know, just haphazard, looks like, like he rolled out of bed. face or something. Yeah, like, exactly. We'll okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you got the next question. Yeah. So, what are your favorite gaming YouTube channels? Um, stuff that's not like me. Stuff like Angry Video Game Nerd. I still think he's the best channel. Um. And my friends, but like I like I said, I don't really watch much gaming stuff anymore, just because it's kind of what I do. So I watch like random stuff and go down like conspiracy theory rabbit holes <laughs> and stuff like that. I got a great, I, I got a great channel to plug to you if you wouldn't mind checking it out sometime. We got a buddy that covered a uh, really strange story a while back that you might <laughs> find interesting. Um, he actually delved into did like this weird 4chan thing where. They called. They helped call in an airstrike on something. It's like he delved into it, like into this oh, insane wow. detail, and like mm -hmm. he does all these kinds of videos. He did one on televangelists the other day. You might find that interesting too. <laughs> Holy yeah. Ghost Fire. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but What's definitely his go, name? Uh, tell it, me more. Yeah, it's called Tell Me More. I'll, I'll send you a link on Twitter, but you should definitely check All him right, out. Cool. He's, he's pretty cool. If you're into yeah. that kind of content, and he'll oh, soon am. be doing a video on uh, spider sex. Oh yeah, damn! Maybe. I ruined the next question by by talking about it because <laughs> there. That's Sorry. okay. That's okay. You didn't give us any channel names. You just said what what subject it was. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't think there is necessarily. It's more. I'm more attracted to the subject. Like, I don't binge watch certain channels and stuff like mm-hmm. that, just because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I really, I really don't watch all that much YouTube, which is kind of weird. But I really just watch The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> like, they pre- they predicted like, a lot yeah, of stuff. Like, I, I, I seriously just watch old episodes of The Simpsons over and over again when I'm <laughs> when I'm not working on videos or wrestling. Like those are the two things I like. Okay, then what's your favorite wrestling <laughs> game of all time? Uh, WCW NWO Revenge on the N64. Yes, yes. that was the last one I played actually. Close was... second is No Mercy, but I, Revenge. I give it. I give the roster to Revenge because I like that roster better. That was such a good game. I remember playing that for hours, and hours, and hours as a kid. We just oh, plug yeah. in four N64 controllers. Boom, mm. we were playing. It was so good. I still <laughs> play it. That's like the my favorite Tony Hawk is also on the N sixty four. Really? Yeah, I liked uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater two. Okay. Well, yeah, I liked it too, but I liked it on the the PS two because I mean the PS one because the CD soundtrack. You yeah, have the clip songs. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I didn't think about that because like Goldfinger, like their song was you know is a little shorter than what it should have been. Yeah, all, all the all the music was like that on the N sixty four Tony Hawk's. Cartridge limitations. <laughs> what a smart idea, Nintendo. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, since you answered kind of the non-gaming YouTube channels, um, why don't you uh, awesome. jump into that last question, Will? All right. So what advice would you give a small YouTuber just starting out? Have fun. Don't do it for money. Don't do it for fame. Have fun. If it becomes a business, if you start to see growth and you start to see money coming in, approach it as a business if that doesn't come don't be upset by it because i am obviously not the standard i'm an average person who hates editing who just happened to get lucky and was able to do this full time like i understand that there are thousands upon thousands of people that probably deserve to be in my position but for whatever reason they didn't catch the same break as i did so you know, do it for fun and, you know, have fun with it. Make whatever you want. Don't listen to people who try to, you know, knock you down or something. Because if there's people trying to knock you down, you're obviously doing something right because they're talking about you. But, yeah, just <laughs> just do it for fun. Like, and if it becomes profitable and it becomes something that you can move more towards a business side of things and, you know, approach it at that. But don't expect that to happen because it, it doesn't happen for a lot of people. I can tell you that from my various multiple channels I've started in the past, I never did it for money. I always did it for fun. And I've never been disappointed because if you're, like you said, if you're doing it for fun, you'll never be disappointed. Exactly. And I will say this. It's not just luck for you, though, because um, like you said with Wood, just because you cover a subject that's interesting doesn't mean people will watch your video. So it's got something to do with you. And uh, there's obviously something positive about the way you produce your content and the charisma you have doing it that attracts people to your channel, which is why I watched your content. I can't tell you what the it factor is, but you have to have the it factor to get where you're at. I think I'm just a good talker. I can talk to a, a rock or a group of people and have like, the same <laughs> conversation. He's so like, it's, 
Like, pe- like I know people that sit there and, you know, script everything when they make a video. I Occasionally, I'll script a review just because I might not want to miss out on something. But mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the most I have are just a few notes and just like a little basic outline. And then I just talk. And if it works, it works. If I hate the video, I just won't do the video. Do you guys uh, prep for the Spawncast at all then? No. <laughs> I was no, that's say, just doesn't that's, seem that's scripted. all off the cuff. No, that's all off the cuff. He used to give us topics, and then he just stopped because we would just <laughs> end up talking about whatever we wanted to talk about, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the the personalities in that uh, podcast would have interesting topics not on Spawn's list. I can't imagine that. That doesn't seem possible. It's it's a very <laughs> it's a very eclectic mix of people. Oh man, and very very unique. If I remember <laughs> correctly, you were on what episode eight was your first one with him? I don't even remember. It's been it's been a yeah, it's been a long time. He's been doing that for far longer than I realized. He he is a very smart individual as well. He created a formula and created. I mean, because his news wave videos, he could literally talk about paint drying, but that those are going to get views because people are tuning in every morning at 8 a.m. for that. I don't have mm-hmm. that sort of discipline. I that's, that's not how I – I like to live on the edge of my seat and just, you know, if I get a wild hair up my ass, I'm going to make a video <laughs> on that subject that I want to oh talk God, about. Oh, my God. That is so long. But, like, he is definitely very – dedicated and disciplined and structured whereas i'm the complete opposite but it works for him obviously so mm-hmm. for anybody listening all of these videos come out at 7 a.m every day of the week eastern standard time that's how it runs. <laughs> that's our schedule there you <laughs> go it's good to be disciplined i just i can't do it but occasionally and occasionally we put out a random video that you won't see coming like we did we did a um did you did i send you the halo switch reveal we did yeah you did okay did you, did you end up watching that then yeah i did What'd you think? It was good. You don't want to ask that while we're live, man. <laughs> I can cut this out. You know, if he says it's bad, I just cut it out. It's all good. No, I'm just kidding. It's all <laughs> I did get somebody asking, like, Are you you sure Reggie's okay being in that video? And I was like, no, I didn't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, did you have any more questions for him, Will? No, I think that's about it. All right. Well, if that's the case... um. Thank you for agreeing to the interview segment. Yes, thank you so much. It was no problem. Definitely fun doing this segment. And uh, you'll see more of RGT85 on Thursday and Friday. And if you missed Monday and Tuesday, go check those out too. He's here all week. Because we'll force Yes, him. I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT. And we will see you on next Crowcast. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT. RGT, why don't you tell everybody about your channel real quick? So I make uh, video game content pretty much daily on the channel. It's not the greatest, but hey, it gets the job done.
That's not what your description <laughs> says. It says RGT85 brings the best content in the world of retro mm-hmm. gaming with a dash of modern gaming thrown in. From the well, NES to current gen. Things have, things have changed. <laughs> You'll find a wide variety of retro news, fe- reviews, features, and much more. And it's working for you. you got 71 million views, so, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, so today we're going to be talking about what, Will? The Sega Saturn. And uh, obviously we have the expert here on mm-hmm. the Sega Saturn, um, Mr. RGT over here. I do enjoy. I do enjoy the Sega Saturn. So um, I'm going to give you guys some stats, and then we'll just talk. Um, it was originally released almost 25 years ago on May 11, 1995, in North America. It was released in November of '94 in Japan and July of 1995 in Europe. Um, but it sold 9.26 million units worldwide and was considered a commercial failure. Which I don't know. Almost 10 million units can't be a commercial. It could be a commercial failure, but not a failure in general because it's still got a user base. Um, it was discontinued in 98 in North America and, and Europe and in 2000 in Japan. The best-selling games from the platform, which I actually originally found out from RGT's channel, so go watch his video on that if uh, mm-hmm. you're into that kind of thing. But the top 10 were um, Madden NFL 97, uh, The Knights, I'm assuming that's Knights into Dreams, um, Virtual Fighter 2, Daytona USA, Virtual Cop, Tomb Raider, Sega Rally Championship, Sonic 3D Blast, World Series Baseball, and Panzer Dragoon. I honestly is... didn't realize that Tomb Raider was on that platform. What? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know how I missed version. that. Yeah, it's much better than the Nokia N-Gage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the most popular opinion as to why the Saturn failed in North America, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is that Sega had completely confused and betrayed the loyalty of its customers with the 32X and CD... Uh, attachments to the Genesis prior to the launch of the Saturn. Yes and no. I uh, would say I would say more <laughs> of it came down to the launch of the system. They botched the launch so bad mm-hmm. that um, it never could recover from it because developers, consumers, and um, you know people that sell games weren't ready for it. And then they were like, "Hey, it's out today!" During <laughs> E three ninety five, everyone was like, "What? Like, why?" And only some <laughs> retailers had it, right? Only a few. Yeah, like, and people were scrambling. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I, I remember hearing, and I don't remember whose channel I heard it on, but essentially, some of the retailers felt betrayed by Sega by not having that on the shelves when they said it was already out, and then they didn't want to stock it. It's like. Why would I stop yep. this? Yep, it was it was a it was a huge mistake. Like I I don't know why they did it that way, but oh, well, I mean, you know, stories came out as to why they did it that way, but yeah, it was just there was a lot of internal problems at Sega that mm-hmm. caused things like that, so it's unfortunate. And it's one of the few consoles in the 90s that I know of that doesn't have a lot of great emulation already available. You know, I have heard really good things about that new system, the Polymega. Yeah. Um, Modern Vintage Gamer is doing a video on it that will be out by the time that this goes live. Um, And, yeah, like, he did, um, he put it through the test with Sega Saturn stuff and said it was great. Huh. Well, that'll be the first, like, physical uh, good emulation that I've heard of anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yeah. That'd, that'd be cool to hear, actually. I'd, I'd be really excited to see that. Um, how many uh, how many Saturn consoles do you have? Just one. Just, just one. my one original Saturn that I've had forever. 
Is it the it's the original black one, right? Not like a custom Japanese yeah. gray one or anything like that. Yeah, just just a standard black one. And you buy it at launch? Uh, no, this 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 Saturn actually I've only had since two thousand and two, maybe three. Um, my original Sega Saturn that I had I bought for super cheap when it was being liquidated because <laughs> that was just how my parents operated. And I had a ton of games for it, and I let some kid borrow it, and I never saw it again. Oof. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. And I had some really. We're like House of the Dead, which is now like a two hundred dollar game. That was one of the games, Shining Force Three. So yeah, I wasn't too happy. I can't imagine, you know, that that, that would suck to part ways with something like that, especially <laughs> being from your childhood like that. What kind of kind of childhood? I'm assuming. I don't actually know how old you are. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was you know uh, teenage early teenage years that I originally got it. So. Um, and I, what I can say is, as far as what I remember, I remember the Genesis quite quite distinctly, and I remember seeing a Saturn uh, maybe once or twice in the wild when I was, you know, and it was what, ninety, what did I say, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing one or two when I was probably ninety seven time frame, ninety eight time frame, but it was always like people much older than me that had it. It was never somebody my mm-hmm. own age that had it. Um, most people my age had a Super Nintendo or an N sixty four at that time. Um, so maybe it'd be better if you told us what you remember about the launch of the Saturn. Well, they, I mean, it just I remember when it first came out, I didn't get one. Uh, my mom was teaching preschool, and one of the parents got one. It was $400, and it came with Daytona USA. And, like, the whole thing about the Saturn was, you know, it launched with Daytona USA and Virtual Fighter, and they were both two terrible ports because the whole thing was just rushed. They rushed the hell out of it. <laughs> And it just it, it never could regain its footing from that. Plus, the architecture of the system was more designed. And people will argue this point all day, but like you could look at people's quotes that worked at Sega. They went in with a 2D mindset because they didn't think 3D was going to be the future. And, of course, 3D was the future. Mm-hmm. And that's why 3D games on the Sega Saturn were few and far between, especially from third-party companies, because it was a hell of a lot easier to develop for the PlayStation 1 or even the N64 because those systems were designed with that more so in mind. And it kind of suffered from a similar issue. Like, the architecture is weird, kind of like the Atari Jaguar, right? Where the architecture yeah. is just not programmer-friendly, and a more like modern day example would be like the PS3 was not very developer yeah. friendly, and so it yep. took a lot longer to develop a really, really good game in 3D, a really good game that kind of matched or uh, maxed the system out. And I know you did like the system pushers video on the Sega mm-hmm. Saturn, so that's a good one for people to go check out if they want to see kind of mm-hmm. like the the system pushers as uh, that's that's the right terminology, right? That's what you called it. Hard, hardware pushers. Hardware pushers. That's right. Hardware pushers. Um, if you want to see some of the the more processor heavy heavy uh, visuals and graphics and gameplay, definitely go check out his video on that because it's pretty cool and kind of highlighted some of those things. Um, Saturn's pretty powerful though compared to its competitors, even though it was more two D focused. Oh yeah, like it was it was a very strong system that, in the hands of the right developers, mostly Sega, could do mm. some amazing stuff. Unfortunately, Sonic wasn't on that list of 3D <laughs> games, but uh, it also seems like it might have been a technical marvel to get a Sonic game on that system running well, considering what they well, did I mean, with the Dreamcast. 
you had Sonic Jam, which was um, had that 3D hub world in it, mm-hmm. which was yeah. you know really cool. And that was like, why didn't you just make a full game <laughs> based on this? Like, what is wrong with you? They gave because you Sonic was, R. I mean, and Sonic <laughs> R was okay. It was just it controlled terribly, but it was okay. I didn't hate it. What uh, you know, I don't, I'm thinking about this. Um, how many games really could take advantage of that joystick they had? Knights. That's pretty <laughs> much Knights. it. <laughs> well, the, um, the racing games, too. The racing games, like Sega Rally, definitely benefited from that. Because it, it could take the place of the D-pad similar to the N64, right? Right. So you could you could use it for a lot of games. It's just that they're built for the directional pad and therefore not exactly optimized for that joystick. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now... I thought I saw somebody put out a video that Retro Fighters was building a Saturn uh, controller with a joystick like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you think would be good or just like a Nights into Dreams thing? I think it could be cool. You know, it's definitely going to be a lot more. Um, it's actually out. The, the it is out. Gen. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was or wasn't. Oh, yeah, because it's a dual purpose mm-hmm. one, right? The, both the yeah, Genesis the, and the Saturn. There's the Genesis and the Saturn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, it's 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 a good controller. Like, you know, it definitely feels more modern. It has a six-button layout, and it has an analog stick. So, you know, it, it's still precise and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, It looks a lot like the um, the other couple controllers they put out, but it has it definitely has its own feel to it versus, like, their Brawler 64 and... Um, the other couple controllers that I, they they put out a Dreamcast or is it a different company that put out the Dreamcast controller? It's coming. I don't it's think coming. it's out okay. yet because I actually did that video to announce it, and that was the first video I did after I moved. And there was a burp in that video because <laughs> I hadn't slept and I had just moved the night before, and I told them that I would have the video done on a certain day, and the certain day was the day after I moved. So yeah, that was mm. that was the greatest video ever. <laughs> Is that this guy? Yep, that's the one. That's the one. Go check it out. Timestamp for the burp. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's cool when companies take something like the Retro Fighters team takes a controller and like redesigns it years later to make it more accessible to modern gamers. You know, Especially like, uh, for a system that sold so, ter- so terribly. Right. And now that you got the, um, the Polymega, that's cool too, because now you've got multiple ways to play the old games on the old console with new controllers, or on the new Polymega with whatever the Polymega controllers are going to be. I'm not sure if they're USBs or if it's what what they're using for that. To be honest with you, so po- Polymega, I believe they have um, the standard controller that works on everything, but they also have controllers that are designed to look like the controllers from the respective systems. Um, I don't know if they're USB or just only proprietary controllers, though. That's actually a good question. Yeah, that'd be something I wouldn't mind knowing, because it'd be cool to find out that your Retro Fighters controller would work on the original hi- hardware and on the Polymega. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. Let me look. I can look real quick. Polymega controllers. Uh, so they have wireless controllers but it's compatible with with usb controllers so okay. yeah you're good so if you can convert um or doesn't uh, retro fighters have our uh, usb versions of some of their controllers they do so you could definitely get that if you wanted to um is this one going to be a wireless or is it just not showing the wire 
I'm man. I don't. I think it's going to be wireless. That would be neat because the Dreamcast could do some pretty cool stuff with some wireless controllers. I think that's just my opinion. And someone else just announced. Uh, who announced a, a Dreamcast controller? Maybe it was Retro Bit. Somebody else did announced the Dreamcast controller. Like I think very Adam. Recently. I think Adam got his hands on one. I can't. I can't recall who the company is though. I thought retro, it, was like a, it is retro bit. It is retro bit. Let's see, wireless Dreamcast controller. Is this it? I think this is the video where he talks about the one he got. Somebody's been like retrofitting older controllers with like new wireless designs. I don't remember who he said he got it from, but there was like a. Con. There was a. There was a massive wait list for this controller apparently, but. Um, yeah, Adam, retro Adam waited for it. <laughs> yeah, actually on the eleventh, and holy shit, the article that I pulled up is written by someone that I used to work with on the first website that I worked on. Wow. <laughs> That's that funny. Is a small world. But yeah, they, uh, Retro Bit just announced a new uh, uh, Dreamcast controller estimated release. Uh, wired and wireless models estimated release time late 2020. Is it the Silicon Arrow one? Or is uh, it no, it's Tweak Town. Tweak Town. Let's see if I can find it. I'm just curious now. It's not coming up typed, on mine. Yeah, I typed in Dreamcast controller and it t- popped up in top stories for me. Huh. I'll just type in Tweak Town then. Retro bit. There it is. That's probably the one, right? Yeah, that's the one. Mr. Strickland. All right. Eric Strickland. Hey, it <laughs> looks pretty cool, though. <clears throat> Definitely feels like the old controller. Yeah. Anyways, I think we've lost completely of track of the uh, <laughs> Sega Saturn at this point. <laughs> um, definitely go check out the videos. I Essentially what later. happened when it launched as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're just waiting for the next one. Um, I guess the next question we need to talk about uh, is what do we think we can learn from the commercial failure of the system sales for the Saturn? What can be gleaned from that as a business case going forward? Don't launch a system without telling people first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sony. <laughs> yeah. That was that was, I'm a, curious that was when, a horrible, horrible idea. I mean, you could be mysterious, but I'm wondering when Sony's actually gonna drop details on the PS five more than yeah. just a guy I talking in a stand and you know. I wish I knew yeah. too. Like it's it's crazy how we don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll affect Sony quite as much as it affected Sega in the '90s, but I still think it's it's causing like relative. Like even Will said to earlier today, he's like, "I'm a little nervous about the PS5." Yeah, I mean that's that's it's fair to be nervous because you would think that they would want to they would want to talk about it, but they haven't. Especially when you mm-hmm. got Microsoft handing uh, you know like live a live video, not live video, um, or essentially a reveal with Austin Evans on YouTube is like. You can get deep down into what the Xbox One, Xbox Series X is going to be. We have nothing mm-hmm. on the PS5 other than pictures of dev kits and controllers. Yeah, and they actually released a picture of it uh, back in last year, November, right? The dev kit, yeah. Or yeah. The, are you talking about the Xbox Series X? The Xbox, what I mean. Yeah, yeah we've known what it's going to look like for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Game Awards 2019. That's right. Um, I, I, I think that's a good thing to come away with, though, is maybe we need to hear more about these consoles or at least know they're coming out on a specific date instead of like, hey, they're already out in stores on shelves. Go get one. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, do we think that the Saturn was the single biggest reason why Sega ended up failing in the hardware market, market or pulling out of the hardware market? Sega was just very mismanaged. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of internal stuff. Sega of Japan and Sega of America were never on the same page. You can look at Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, that's why Sonic CD came out, because Sega of Japan wanted Sonic to be one way, and Sega of America wanted Sonic to be another way. And that's why you got Sonic 2 and Sonic CD that came out, and they were really very different games, especially when you look at the level structure of it, because <laughs> they were never on... I mean, in this uh, horribly written book, The Complete Sega 32X Guide, <laughs> written by me... Um, the intro of it is the lead um, was the lead was the vice president of uh, or excuse me the director of marketing at Sega. I spent most of my time trying to kill the Sega 32X. Like that's how crazy this company was. The people hated some of the products that were coming out and never believed in some of these products. But you know you had these two conflicting forces of Sega of Japan and Sega of America never being on the same page, and it just never was going to work. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to know more about the 32X, though, definitely go uh, go to Amazon. Just type in RGT85 32X. Boom. You know, there's the book. You know how you know how I said I, I wild hair up my ass. That's what this book was. I literally <laughs> woke up one day. I was like, I want to write a book on the Sega 32X. I love how Skype just blurred out the entire time you were showing us your book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, no, we're just gonna focus on RGT here. <laughs> that's that's fine. I'll try this. There you go. Yep. Now it's focusing mm-hmm. on the book. Yeah, it's, I've seen that before. You, you put it on your channel. I've thought about picking up some of these before because uh, both you and I saw NES Punk had his his couple books out. They're, they're interesting to me because I'd find that I find that kind of stuff very interesting. I used to look this kind of yeah. stuff up on the internet and kind of compile mm-hmm. the information for myself, but having a book with all of it in it, that's pretty appealing. And you mm-hmm. could buy three of my books for the price of one of Pat's. So, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Just it's a value. Saying. You can buy three of them and hand them out to all your friends. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think I think answering my the question from my own perspective, I don't think the Saturn could possibly be the single biggest factor. No, I definitely don't think so. And I think you might have hit the nail on the head with having two organizations completely out of sync in Nintendo, not Nintendo, Sega of America versus Sega of Japan. Um, especially when you're going up against somebody like Nintendo of Japan and Nintendo of America, who seem like they're always on the same page, especially since Reggie was at the, the helm. They were very, very in sync. And you can see that the difference between Sega in the 90s versus Nintendo of the last decade, it's night and day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because I love, I love Sega consoles. I always felt that they tried to do things differently. Whether it worked or not was a different subject. But <laughs> they at least tried. You know, They tried to innovate. They tried to you know, do things that were, you know, different, but unfortunately it just, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. With that being said, the Saturn is still a really cool console and I I've eventually intend to get one at some point in my life. Either that or a Polymega, I guess. <laughs> yeah, get, get a Polymega, man. That thing, the, the base version plays all the CD games and you can do PS1, Neo Geo CD, Saturn, and I hear you can play backup copies of your games. <laughs> With that being said, <laughs> as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm RGT. And we will see you next Curlcast.
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm Will. And I'm RGT. And this is our Fandom Friday segment. Mm-hmm. Um, before I let RGT talk about his channel, I just want to recommend, I forgot about this, go check out his book. It's pretty cool and it's not that expensive. So there you go. Tell everybody about your channel, why don't you? It is average to slightly above average video game content with a wide variety of topics from news to reviews to all sorts of fun stuff. RGT85 brings the best content. No, I'm just like, I'm not going to do that two days in a row. <laughs> We're going to start with Will for Fandom Friday. What are you going to recommend to everybody today? All right, well, this should not be a huge shocker to anyone who's ever watched the show or sees my hat. Uh, I'm recommending the original Xbox console. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's such a tank of a system. It was the most powerful at the time. I love the, like, the startup animation where it's like this alien machine and it has like this uh, plasma gel that's like, you know, warming up and all of a sudden it breaks into the Xbox symbol. Um, obviously, The Rock announced it, which <laughs> makes it even cooler. <laughs> I had no idea, though. This is something I learned years later, so I didn't know about that. But um, I don't know. I, just, I love the system. It came with the Duke controller, which everyone always ragged on, but I don't know. I felt it was like it was such a beefy controller for a beefy system, so I liked it a lot. Um, and, you know, obviously Halo. I really liked Fable. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, and several other really great games. I think, was Mecha Salt, was that a, an exclusive or no? Yes, it was. Okay, that was also a really good did game. That, did that come with the custom controller for the OG Xbox, or was that the 360 that had the the custom no, controller? No, that was, that was yeah. Steel Battalion. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Steel Battalion. Oh, Munch's Odyssey. That was a yep. great game, too. Um, and... Yeah, this, I don't know. I, all, most of my gaming memories started with the system. and also came with Xbox Live, not at first, but later. And playing Halo 2 with my brother on that was, was awesome. And just the fact that it was such a tank comp- compared to the PS2. <laughs> you put those two systems together. <laughs> the Xbox really is just a huge freaking box. Um, and yeah, and the, the pull-away cables is also something that I felt was really innovative and amazing. So it had like the cables if you kicked them it would just disconnect a controller instead of like ripping your system off the shelf which i mean as a kid i would kick that thing all the time i don't understand <laughs> it now like how i was so clumsy but i would kick that all the time um yeah and it survived uh having soda spilled on it on it because it was i don't know the way it was built i was able to spill soda on it it was totally cool <laughs> um i will say something for the original model it was really frustrating is that the laser would go out um, I don't remember the exact brand, but it was a really terrible brand. You can, uh, the later models in in the console's lifespan had better laser for reading discs. Yeah. Well, no, I love that system. Also, and one I still of the... think you should get it, even though you can play a lot of these games on the uh, 360 and the Xbox One and eventually the, the Series X. Um, but it just feels the best on, on the system. I just want to jump in here and say it's one of the most modded systems of all time. It yep. definitely is. And Bill Gates was totally cool cool with that. And you're like, yes, allow it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. That was like a little side story on that where Bill Gates really went into like, yeah, good. If people are doing that. It means they're using the system or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was something along those lines. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh, if you're going to play Xbox games on the Xbox One, you should pick up the Duke remake. What's your uh, like favorite? What's your favorite game on the original Xbox? I think it's pretty obvious, but um, that would, it would actually be pretty hard to say. Like, I want to say Halo or Halo Two, but I also really like Fable, and 
Knights of the Old Republic. No, I I played that game like I don't know. Uh, way after the fact, right? Way after the fact. Yeah, it, I would have to say. Honestly, I'd probably say Fable, which is ridiculous because <laughs> how am I picking Fable over Halo? But <laughs> I mean, I, I like the, the uh, fantasy element, and I, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to recommend a console, and and then we'll get into RGT's recommendations. So hopefully, you guys will stick around through this whole video. Um, I'm going to recommend a console, but not a console. I'm going to recommend a handheld, and uh, basically a PS3 in your pocket, the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> Um, I remember when I originally saw this, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, and then I picked one up and I was like, holy cow, this thing is amazing. Um, the back touchpad could do without whatever, but the touchscreen on the front, pretty cool stuff. Um, unless you're playing tearaway, then the back touchscreen is pretty cool. But overall twin, twin joysticks on a console in 2012 was when this came out makes for a great system. Um, the Vita is probably my favorite handheld of all time. Even more so than the Switch, because I, I feel like the Switch Joy-Cons are a little loose every time I play my Switch, and I got that one instead of the Mini, or the Mini, the Lite, because um, I'm worried about Joy-Con drift, and you know, being that Spawn has already covered that a bunch of times, saying that Joy-Con drift might be a factor in the Lite, I really don't want to get a Lite, because you can't replace the Joy-Cons. So I got yep. the standard Switch with the gray Joy-Cons, because everything I get is gray or black. <laughs> Hence why the PS5 controller bothers me so much. Um, <laughs> and, I got, sense now. <laughs> and I got the OG OLED PS Vita, um, the 1000 model, and I absolutely love this console. Uh, basically, the game that sits in it all the time, though, is Persona 4 Golden. So <laughs> I almost never remove that, that game from the console because I love that series and I love that game. Um, by far my favorite Persona game of the entire series. Uh, mm. Unless, unless you're talking specifically story, in which case it might be a factor in some of the older games. But Persona 4 Golden is great. <laughs> Uncharted on here was way better than I ever expected it to be. The Wipeout series, another good console, another good console title that came to mobile on the Vita. And it plays these games like a champ for being from 2012. Um, when I've held this up in front of people next to their Switch, people still look at it and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, it's the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> of course it's, the, you know, the, well, when did that come out? Eight years ago. Really? <laughs> People like don't believe this is a console from 2012 because it just looks so good. Mm. And the screen is beautiful. That OLED. Never seen a handheld with a screen that good uh, until the Switch came out. That one is arguably better, but not by much. So if you haven't gotten a PS Vita yet, I'd, I'd say now's the time before they run out and GameStop are used or eBay used. And then you start seeing that OG PS3 price range coming up where you're looking at $200, $300 for a handheld system from 2012, which I don't recommend paying. If you can find mm -hmm. one of these for $100, $150 you know, with some games and accessories, go pick it up. It's definitely worth it. That's it. My turn? It. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go with the Sega 32X. A fantastic attachment for your Sega Genesis. A very fun system with a solid library of games. Yes, there wasn't many games for it. And it's unfortunate that there wasn't many games for it. But the games that are on there, there's some really good ports. Um, you have Virtua Fighter, which was arguably better than the original Saturn version until Remix came out. Because it just controlled better and it actually looked a bit better. Well, maybe not looked a little bit better. But it definitely controlled better than the Sega Saturn version did. 
Um, you also had Virtual Racing Deluxe, which was really fun as well. Um, Star Wars Arcade, which hasn't come out on a system since then. You had you didn't have Sonic, but you had Knuckles Chaotic, which you know it's a it's sort of a weird game. But if you like Sonic CD, which sort of brought new ideas into it, there's like a tethering ring mechanic in Knuckles Chaotic where you're having two characters. So it's sort of more based on physics than mm-hmm. other things like just standard go left to right. And then um, you also had some really good arcade ports on there. The Mortal Kombat 2 was best on the 32X. It was better than the Genesis, better than the Saturn, and better than the Super Nintendo. Well, how is it better than the Saturn? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, because the Saturn version of the game included loading screens whenever you were playing as Shang Tsung, and he morphed into another character. The game would have to pause and load for like two to three seconds, which really just takes you out of the game, whereas Mm -hmm. the... 32x version did not have any of that you also had nba jam tournament edition um which had the scaling heads which basically when the closer they come to the camera the bigger their head gets which was more authentic to the arcade version you know it's just it's a very solid system there's a couple hidden gems on there games like calibri which is a shoot 'em up where you play as a hummingbird that was created by the <laughs> creator of echo the dolphin just you know a really a really fun system a system that nobody cares about but i love it i remember getting one and i remember loving it and i still love it to this day and if you want a complete north american collection outside of like two or three games they're all mostly cheap and there's not many to choose from anyway so you'll be good <laughs> good yeah um, there's khalid well you like to echo the dolphin right I did. That was one of the few games I had on the Genesis. <laughs> Which game did you say was made by the same developer? The same... Uh, the hump, that one. The one that's on the screen right now. Calibri. Oh, this guy. Oh, Calibri. Yep. Okay. That looks really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird... It's definitely a weird system. And there's one game... The most expensive game is Spider-Man um, Web of Fire, which I'm actually surprised at how much that game has gone up over the past few years. I bought it um in 2017 at too many games and i paid 300 dollars for a box copy with no manual um and that was heartbreak that's the most i've ever spent on a game because <laughs> i hate spending money on stuff but mm-hmm. now it's like you go on amazon and it's it's very expensive like uh there's a complete one that's almost two thousand dollars um there is one that's essentially a, a cartridge with a reproduction cart i mean a reproduction box for five hundred dollars so it's definitely shot up in price like a lot so i'm, I'm glad i got it when i did hmm. now i'm curious well they only made 1500 of them it was the last north american 32x game when this when the system was pretty much on its way out so the, you know it was it's a, it's an actual rare game it's not rare like earthbound or any bs like that which <laughs> i never understood that because earthbound is not a rare game um i actually made a video on that a long time ago <laughs> complaining about earthbound not being rare especially compared to other games but um yeah so it, if you could find it it's horrible it plays like crap and i hate it but you know yeah, this is like an authentic one sitting at about two grand, like you were saying. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, that is yeah. crazy. If I remember correctly, though, I think didn't you say your biggest video game purchase was the Panasonic uh, GameCube? For con, well, no, because the Panasonic Q only cost me two sixty. Huh. Okay. Then I guess the Spider Man is number one, huh? 
Spider-Man's the most I've spent on a single single game. <laughs> well, not including like four hundred dollar consoles and like the yeah, PlayStation right, Four right. that first. But I used a Best Buy credit card for that. Anyway, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think the most I ever spent on a single game was uh, my OG Persona Revelations on the PS One, and that was like I think right around two hundred. So it's either that or the GameCube component cable. Take your yeah. pick. My wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> GameCube component cable is like, oof, <laughs> too much. But I got one anyway. Um, and I never regretted it, but I definitely regret paying when I paid for it. <laughs> so I understand what you're saying. Anyways, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Cool. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show. It's been really yeah, awesome thank getting you. to talk to you yeah, after no. you know watching your channel for the last four years or so. And... Uh, Hopefully, uh, we just continue to see you succeed on YouTube. Thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully, I will continue to do it. (laughs) (laughs) As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm RGT. And we will see you on next Krillcast. Krillcast.